Drugs. 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 Teenagers who do drugs. Adults who do drugs. Elderly who do drugs. Dead drug <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is the Jam Podcast. Yes, sir. You're back here with me. Well, John Chair being me, you already know our names. If you have been, if I, uh, I can't even speak today. If you don't know our names, I'm John Chair. And I'm Marcus. And together we make Jam. John Chair and Marcus. Period. Anyway, so... Judging by the first um, 20 seconds of this podcast, you probably know what a bit of the segment is going to be about. Drugs. 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 And now you're probably wondering, why are we talking about drugs today? Well, I guess I'll leave it to Marcus. Why are we talking about drugs today, Marcus? No, very, very interesting question. I can't even tell you why we're talking about drugs today. I personally have not touched a single drug myself. How about you, lad? I mean, bro, I've done a few lines here and there. Oh, word. Yeah, where it's a few pills, you know. That Tylenol? Yeah, bro, that Tylenol got me crazy. <laughs> bro, you know, when you, bro, when I crush up that aspirin, oh, bro, the feeling I get, oh, I'm jerking. <laughs> <laughs> Colleges, please do not take this. If you hear this, please, I don't do drugs. But, um, yeah, no, me and Marcus don't do drugs, unfortunately. Oh yeah, unfortunately, we've we've always just wanted to try them all the time. Honestly, like when when this podcast is done, we're just gonna be fantasizing, romanticizing both of us taking an acid trip together, because that's what we're all about, Marcus, aren't we? Dude, an acid trip about acid trip without the acid. Bro, mind blown. Bro, honestly, <laughs> I take AP chemistry. I took AP chemistry, and my I, I can't fathom what you just said. Bro. It's, it's just beyond me. On a serious note, guys, uh, first of all, we'd like to tell you don't do drugs unless you're medically prescribed to them. Right. But in my in me and Marcus's opinion, don't 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 do drugs. Or more like Or don't do illegal drugs. Fair. I mean, are you you know I think that the toughest drug to discuss about is a weed. Because mm. you know, like it's legalized in so many places and like you smoke here, like I the cops don't care. Yeah. So like it's, it's, it's just an interesting thing to, th- thing to think about because I think weed is that drug that's like on and off. It's like, are you making it legal? Are you making it illegal? I think it's going to be completely legalized like within a few years. Like, yeah, definitely, for sure. Like, I think, maybe, maybe not like in Texas. I think Texas will need a few years. You know, like people like, you know, the TikTok is Bryce Hall and... Um, yes. Yeah, they got arrested for like having an ounce of weed. I, I did I did hear about that. And they, they they're going to court about it like I think in September. I heard, I heard hearing about that. But like, you you get caught with an ounce of weed in New York. It's like they weren't dealing or anything. They were just drinking. Right. Uh, they're not drinking. So they were just doing the drugs. And um, apparently you got raped. They got the the driver and the security guard in his um vehicle were were both black. So he he's saying it's racial profiling. Ooh. So. Um, we'll see how that develops, but um, I think me and Marcus wanted to talk about drugs. I think after our last podcast, we just talked about it for a bit, you know, and it, it definitely influences teenagers a lot, especially like in New York. Yeah. Well, for what I know, of, it's like we know a lot of people who do drugs. Don't worry, we're not going to expose you. Um, confidentiality, or will we? 
we never know nah bro out here we homosexual nice. <laughs> so we we love our bros so we're not gonna do anything that um results in anyone getting in trouble but we do want to discuss about drugs like generally i i guess that's how you can word it yeah we, we want to speak about it in a manner that all we could understand and like we want to address what we feel about drugs and like how we think they've affected teenagers school and like society in general so i think to get started off with i think we should talk about um like we're going from drugs are more common and then go deep and deeper and because you know i think a lot like when it comes to drugs it's also affected by your income like by the amount of money you make there's like specific drugs you can afford yeah that access i know like you go to the upper east side like i've heard so much stuff that like people have parties in the upper east side they're, they're doing like cocaine and stuff you know and um i wouldn't know but yeah. oh yeah but like it's, it's, it's what i've been hearing of and like obviously people in, who live in the upper east side like they've got bags right. bro. they have money so obviously they're going to be able to afford um the quite high retail oh high retail exquisite the exquisite <laughs> supply of cooking and i think we're also going to talk about like the effects it has not on us only but the people who actually go out and produce them because you know there's um drugs cause a lot of problems like we have the dea for a reason <laughs> it's like they're not just there just to be like oh you can't do drugs kids right it's like it's so warning because it's a very serious thing yeah it's it's, it's, it's definitely very serious like if you guys have seen narcos yes have you seen it okay okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna cap it, it's on my list i've Bro, seen like a very you need to watch it it's so good but it's so like informational i know that for a fact yeah because it, it's it's like obviously it's going to be dramatized every show is but it's accurate like the best two seasons narcos mexico i didn't like i didn't watch it oh, really? yeah i watched the red the first one based in colombia so the first two are in pablo escobar and the medellin cartel and then it goes into the what do you call it the cali cartel after so there's two places pablo escobar from, from a place called medellin in colombia capital of colombia is bogota so um i i don't want to go too in depth to pablo escobar we can talk about him like as we get into it but um, he was the one of the most notorious jugglers from like the 80s and 90s. I think it was more 90s. I I I'll have to fact check that. But he 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 was he he I think he burned two million dollars to keep his family warm because it was cold and he had two million dollars on him. And he put it in the campfire and he burnt it. It's insane, bro. What what would, what would you do if you had two thousand dollars? Two million or two thousand. <laughs> Yeah, I'm done. Nice, nice, nice. Right, he was so he was so freaking rich. He had so many properties, and like, the thing is, is like, when when the those cartels in South America, their main um, the main consumers who want to buy their product, like it 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 is a business. It's an illegal business, but it's still a business. It's, a, it's still a business, and it's a very profitable business. They make a lot of money from it. So when you have um, people like what's his name uh pablo escobar 
and uh, the people from the Cali Cartel, I forgot their names, can't quote them. And even, what's his El Chapo, huge local, Mexico. Um, Big man. Yeah. He, when you have all these type of people who are, or drug lords who are selling drugs, they, their main um, consumers or, what's the word? It's gone from, audience, what do you say, audience? on, or Demographic? I guess, yeah, their, their main demographic would be, do you, is that the right way to word it? My brain's gone blank, guys. We've just had a huge conversation about college for like an hour. <laughs> but we've been um oh yeah, okay. So their main the, the the main consumers are come from America and like you got because it's such a huge demand for these type of drugs, you know? And um we're gonna break down um we're gonna bro my brain my brain's <laughs> gone blank. We're gonna break down the process of the distribution distribution of drugs and and how people have been using them, and then we'll see what effects that has on people. So I think the first thing I want to talk about when it comes to drugs is how people say it doesn't affect their cognitive ability. Mm. I think that's false. Oh, I I can tell you that's definitely false. Like drugs, first of all. Let's just start with like how drugs work, okay? Oh yeah, facts. If you, let's say you're, I don't know, uh, is this the right way to say you're you're a virgin drug user, and you're like, hey, I want to try some weed, bro. Yeah. You 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 smoke weed for the first time, you're gonna feel absolutely amazing. Your dopamine is gonna go insane. And you're gonna feel awesome. You're gonna have this ridiculously amazing high, and maybe that'll make you come back for more. Maybe you want to feel that same high again. So you do it a second time, a third time, a fourth time, multiple times after that. You won't receive the same high that you got from the first experience because you develop something called tolerance. Once your brain gets used to the drug that you're uh, using, um, the dopamine levels that are sent from your brain are going to decrease because it's used to that being inside of your body. So it'll probably cause you to intake more of said drug so that you can feel that same high again. And once you feel it, it'll just... Uh, increase how much you need to feel that high Says and get to reciprocate this sen sensation they've been having. Right, because you're just going to keep developing more and more tolerance. And in doing that, you start to develop an addiction because you're, you're always just trying to recreate that high and get it. But like nothing feels satisfactory and you'll just keep They'll keep trying and trying to get that high, and that that longing you want for it is just the basis of having an addiction to drugs. So, I forget what the question even was. How do how, they, how do drugs work? I think you went pretty well into detail, and when you went in, uh, I've got more information from drugabuse.gov. So, on how do on how do drugs work in the brain? Drugs interfere with the way neurons send, receive, and process signals via neurotransmitters. 
Some drugs, such as marijuana and heroin, can activate neurons because their chemical structure mimics that of a natural neurotransmitter in the body. This allows the drugs to attach onto and activate the neurons. Although, the, although these drugs mimic, I can't speak, bro, mimic the brain's own chemicals, they don't activate the neurons in the same way as a natural transmitter, and they lead to abnormal messages being sent through their network. So what, what it's basically trying to say is like the sensations you get it from drugs is not natural because you're not getting it from a, uh, a natural neurotransmitter, but it just copies the effect of what it does and then it goes to your neuron. Yeah. So that's how you feel the uh, sensation. And now, now we get into like the tougher bit of talking about it. So we go into people who do drugs. So so many things influence how people start going into drugs, you know? Yeah. Some people are depressed or are suffering in some shape or form. And their escape is drugs. And they'll see drugs as the way to escape from the reality they suffer. It's the happiness they want. I know. They finally get it. And it's like, I understand that, but there are, in my opinion, there are better ways to escape from issues than just relying on drugs. There's some people who took like acid once, not once, or they took, they tried acid. Uh, I read about this somewhere. I don't know if it's genuine, but apparently their trip, they never got out their trip. Oh. So like they had a completely different reality to what we face. And it was like for two years. And obviously that sounds ridiculous. And it's like, People are probably like saying right now, I, I sound stupid. And honestly saying that, I do feel stupid saying, oh, they went on a trip for two years. And it doesn't sound believable, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if people had a two-year acid trip. Because like as drugs have developed, people put weird shit in their drugs. Yeah. Oh, man. Some very questionable shit, which is not good for our body. But like, because people love that sensation of getting high, like I'll know people who do not care. They will go and um, fucking smoke the shit out of that blunt, <laughs> you know. And it's like I, I we living in New York, we know a lot of people do drugs, and we're not gonna like expose them. Like I said before, but we we see the effects it has on them, and they'll come back to us saying, "We're fine, we're fine, we're fine." But like, in the classroom, you'll see it's evident. That they're slower, they're slowing down. Yeah. And as people will want to tell me as much as they want to that they're completely fine and like this is normal and we we we, we just smoke occasionally, we don't smoke that much. And um so it's and that's it's, it's bullshit. Let me just say that. And I don't care what the hell they tell me, because a lot of people say, Oh, it's scientifically proven that it doesn't affect you badly. Like, um... I don't know about that. Try again. I, I think a lot of drugs always have a negative effect. Not saying that they benefit you. There are a lot of benefits from taking, like, marijuana and stuff, you know? Yeah. And, like, it does help you. Like, people do have prescribed mar medical marijuana. I know people who've had cancer, to get, uh, and they go... Uh, they have a prescription to medical marijuana. Yeah, there's so many so many uses and I, I i hate to be the person that goes oh recreational use of marijuana but like it can be used for so many like proper purposes like um i watched this youtuber 
I forget his name right now, but he did a video with one of his friends that has uh, Tourette's syndrome. Which which one? Uh, so there's two type of Tourette's. There's the ticks or the well, the ticks are they have different types of ticks. So sometimes the ticks are like abnormal sounds. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to mimic my. Friend. Don't, don't do it. Yeah, like that's rude. I knew a friend who had Tourette's, and he used to like make these sounds quite often they improved over time but then you have like other people who have Tourette's who like they say like bad they're they're not I wouldn't say afraid that's the wrong word they they constantly scream out profanities and it's like that's all that they want to just naturally spontaneous spontaneous and they can't stop it yeah that's the one so he they had he had um the one where he screams out profanities right right so what they did in the video it was it was quite funny. He he was trying to, uh, the the YouTuber and his friend with Tourette's, they were trying to do um, tongue twisters, I believe. Oh my god! And <laughs> it, it was it was funny because like uh, the kid with the Tourette's, he would try to like say it, and then like in between, like he'd like shout something profane. Like it, it was entertaining. I won't lie. Maybe that's not good on my behalf, but. Um, Basically, because it was, it eventually it got a little like out of control. So like, I swear on everything. This man pulled out a ginormous bag of marijuana, and he was like, "Yo, I'm gonna smoke this." And, like, and the YouTuber had to be like, "Okay, wait, wait, don't, don't demonetize this." He ha- he has Tourette's, so he has to he has to smoke marijuana to calm him down, and it like helps with uh, the the outbursts, and it totally does. Like it's proven. You can totally Google this, like. That's that's the one very specific uh, recreational use of marijuana that I know. Jeez, I'm saying marijuana now. I, I'm, I'm... There, there are other drugs. We just aren't as informed as other people. And, like, honestly, I feel like at the same time we have no right to talk about drugs. But I think in a future podcast, all we'll try and do is we'll try and get an anonymous um, an anonymous yes guess i guess i would who um either had experience with drugs and will definitely learn from him because we're learning as you guys learn like what you learned from this podcast we probably learned like five 20 minutes ago so um um there are also other drugs where they've become illegal like oxycodone it was first legal and then the opioid um, crisis happened and um Let's just say that didn't go too well, because no. now this country is facing a huge problem when it comes to opioids and heroin. You know, I know someone who works in the DEA, and um, I've heard all the stories. So, ninety-two percent of um, opium comes from um, Afghanistan, and it, it begs the question: the U.S.'s involvement in Afghanistan. Like, I understand they've had um, problems there for years and years and years. And I this podcast will not go too in-depth in that because, bro, every single time, if you were here in the last podcast, it's the homie motorcycle bag guy. Yes, sir. He pulls up occasionally, you know, specifically on the day we want to do a podcast. And it's like we don't have a specific day on which day we pick the truth. Actually, ironically, you came last time you came it was, was a Saturday. Saturday as well. So we might have to change our date. Um, but god damn it but yes 
we got like so off topic when it comes to like talking about these podcasts we talk about friends using it and then um how it works you know there are the discussion of drugs is is interesting i'm against some um i'm edging towards for some do i think marijuana should be legalized yes why so because you know i think it should be treated like alcohol as in like the amount you can sell and like the rules don't drink and drive don't right. smoke and drive right um i think it they should definitely take into that into account but it's like i don't think i think the high you get from marijuana the negative toll on your body isn't as severe as other drugs like people always compare marijuana to alcohol and it's a justified argument right because uh alcohol does if you drink too much alcohol has a terrible effect on you alcohol blood poison you can become an alcoholic mm -hmm. um same with weed you can become a potted people say it's not addictive and i understand that but then why do people smoke so like why do i know so many people who love to smoke so often you know it's funny and like i understand that it's not like heroin and stuff where people become actual like crackheads and addicted and like right, right. they just start scratching themselves and like acting like like i need it yeah i need yeah but that if people have such an enjoyable sensation of weed and it relaxes them so much if they enjoy that sensation and they're doing it they're doing it often doesn't not mean they're addicted like if i tell that person okay you can't smoke for a month will they not do it that's what i'm curious about you know, it's interesting uh, not to cut you off right there but um uh, according to also drug abuse one in 11 people who smoke marijuana will get addicted to it which that's that's pretty high that is actually really high and let me check the stat for Alcohol, alcohol yeah, yeah. Go ahead. and um on top of that like once you get addicted it's actually very very difficult to stop or like no longer want it like it's it's nothing about like oh like willpower or someone's like real wanting to actually stop like it has nothing to do with that uh, when you become like sort of reliant on drugs, for example, and you do it often, you lose a sort of self a sense, yeah, a sort of sense of self control. So it's not that you don't want to stop; it's that you you can't condition yourself in order to stop, and. I think that's the thing that's often like misconstrued with people like is getting addicted is oftentimes not even like intentional but because you're searching for that that high that you once had it often leads to you becoming addicted and trying to wean yourself off of that is so much harder than it would actually seem mm-hmm um, I, I completely agree with you when it comes to the addiction side. 
of a of a drug and i think we're talking about marijuana specifically because i don't know too many people who do anything extremely um strong or like upper level like an a class is, is it classes by or you, you think we know about this bro we do i don't know shit but i know in england it's like class a class a class b class c and that levels how dangerous the actual drug oh, is. Oh, yes. Actually, do you know what you're talking about? So, I don't... Weed is, like, a lower class as compared to, like, the likes of heroin and ecstasy and yeah. stuff like that. Um, also, one one back, back, going back to the alcohol thing we we're talking about. Nah, the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcohol... Alco- I, bro, I can't speak today. Bro, Alcoholism. 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 You got it, you got it. Okay. The National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism reports over 15 million adults and over 620,000 youth between the ages of 12 and 17 in the United States suffer from an alcohol abuse disorder. People are aging younger. 620,000. That is a ridiculous number. 12.5% of these substances, 12.5% of these substance abuses are college students. Okay, so... What do you mean? Yeah, so alcohol addiction. So... I think that's a vast number as well, but it's not even close to one in eleven, is it? Actually, actually, that's pretty close. Like three hundred. Actually, I can't even. Let me think. Quick maths. Quick, quick math. <laughs> it's like, it's around like a one in. If they're three, there's like three hundred fifty million people in the U.S. So it's like a one in twenty chance of you becoming addicted to alcohol. If my math, if I'm gonna do the math. <laughs> I, I I kind of did a quick math in my head. Not, it's not accurate, but it's a quick estimate. Um, so I guess that's one side you can bring in when it comes to comparing the two. But listen, it's honestly up to what the government chooses to do. Everyone's gonna have a different opinion. I think a lot of pe- people agree with. I I think in our, like places like New York and Cali, people agree with legalizing the drugs across the country but then you go down south it is condoned heavily of smoking weed and take and doing drugs um so it's 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 interesting to think about um i want to talk into about cartels because yeah i don't think they're the only people who sell drugs like but they have they're like the Mono- is it the right to say monopoly? Or like they're the most dominant figure in the market when it comes to drugs. Yeah. So what I've been learning from uh, sources I have, aka my, my, my little friend at the DEA, is that a lot of people who do drugs... Uh, a lot of the people cartels who sell drugs are vicious, bro. Like, he told me a very, very disturbing stat. For every one drug someone smokes, every like every one drug that's sent, like one, I think it's like one bag of cocaine, an ounce of cocaine or something like that, a family dies. An entire family. Yeah, like a like a year of like we sit my family. Four members dead. It's because you know when you have, because 
you're in South America, and a lot of the countries are not as affluent and rich as the other countries, and you're generating you're generating so much money through the distribution and um, distribution and selling drugs to the U.S. They generate billions of dollars. Like it's it's ridiculous. And with that money and power, politicians get involved. Yeah. You get into corruption. So, like, I don't think people ever think about the scale of it. Like, you may be doing the drug, you may be getting the pleasure out of it, but you need to take into consideration the bigger picture here. You got to think about where that drug specifically came from. Yeah. Like, obviously, if it's legal, then it comes from like a weed farm in like Oregon or something, then it's fine because. No one's going through pain and torment for your pleasure, but you're having some an illegal substance from somewhere God knows where it's from. You don't know what's gone through or what people have had to deal with to get that drug to you. Yeah. And I guarantee you, people who've done drugs now, at least one person has died from what they've smoked or sniffed or whatever, whatever the hell they've done. And they're not going to take that into consideration. And yes, I may be me spilling out a random fact here. But I think you need to think about it. Because we, as a collective, all of us, we haven't experienced what happens or what goes on when it comes to just distributing these drugs. Mm-hmm. Like, we just get it and we're like... Yeah, hey, we're high. You're like, yo, bro, want to smoke or something like that? Yeah, really. <laughs> but like... We it'd be interesting if we could find out the what actual origin. But there's the thing is people don't want to know. We have eight seconds. So we'll see you guys back in the next segment. Take care. Peace. Alright, we're into our second segment, boys and girls and other yeah. we politically correct out here. We do be inclusive though. Dead ass. Anyways, um yeah, I was just basically talking about how um like the process that goes in behind um, developing drugs and the suffering that happens. And then everyone's going to probably say, oh, you've watching, been watching too much Narcos. But like, bro, I I get told this from like a generally reliable source who's ex- had their experiences. And I'm not allowed to say the per- who the person is because for the sake yeah. of their own identity, you know. So, yeah. But it's interesting to learn about this and like, just brings me entire like I never even thought about it, bro. I watched Narcos, but like, I thought oh, that's just a thing of the past, you know. Like maybe cartels aren't this bad. Like we, we're not gonna see cartels do this now, but it still happens. Maybe they're not as successful because we have the likes of the DEA to try and prevent these type of things. But again, cartels are such a huge organization; it's very hard to suppress them, you know. And the way that freaking transport drugs nowadays like they so bro. bro they put like these weird like like it's like you know how they got dishwasher tablets yeah they just put cocaine in them and they used to make people swallow them and then spit out they used to put inside pregnant women i, I do know what that that was like during the 80s or something and that was like really that was just like like i don't know if you know this you know pablo escobar so i was trying to kill the president of uh, colombia I, I believe um he made one of his workers carry the suitcase into the, it was a bomb, 
and he tried to assassinate him. But the DEA went up to the president, they're like, don't go on that plane. And 230 people died. He caused havoc across Colombia, absolute havoc. And he was such a rich guy. And they didn't have the technology we have today, bro. Now with like the DNA stuff we have, like we can get a suspect easily. It's a matter of actually catching it, which is hard, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like El Chapo was hard to catch, and then he he escaped. Same thing with Osama bin Laden. Took nine years to find him, and um, they finally killed him. Killed him in Pakistan. Um, we're going off topic, bro. But um. I think we're going to bring everything back to home. And basically what we want to say about drugs is that it has a huge impact on everyone. Yeah. And I think when people do drugs or illegal drugs specifically, let's just say that we should really take into consideration of where they come from and what people have gone through to get that drug to you. Maybe someone would be like, Oh, I'm appreciating my weed more. And I don't think that's the right attitude to have it, but like, love your drugs okay yeah listen i think if you if you can't get off the drug you're doing right now if it and it's an illegal drug please in my opinion and from my advice and what i've heard from adults who've experienced drugs try your best to get off them it's not as easy as it sounds and i can't imagine what it feels like to be addicted to a substance but you can always talk to it about us, our Instagrams, um, at Marcus something. No, that's my that's my spam account. Oh shit! Well, we'll, we'll uh, uh, type it in the bio. At Salvadut. Ah, I know. Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Why is it Salvador, bro? Um, Did we talk about this in the last podcast? And I forgot. I I can't remember if we did, but. Let's not go off topic right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, what's uh, more important is, uh, in respect to what John Sher was saying, uh, seek help. You know, if you're trying to get yourself off of these drugs, there is resources literally yeah, everywhere. Yeah, to help There's you. so many people that and you can talk to. They'll give that. you confidentiality, so it's exactly. disrupt. Yeah, totally, totally. And, <clears throat> like... You need to be able to like recognize like, hey, what I'm doing is wrong. And you need to want to fix yourself. I hate to put it like that. Yeah. um, I I, I think the best way to say it is that what you're doing to yourself is not good. Right. And as much as you want to believe it's good, it's not. Because these things can ruin you. And ruin the opportunity you have in life. And you, you people are probably gonna be like, "You're dragging this," but I'm t- like, I'm telling you now, it's real. You, you speak to, you got to speak to adults with experiences, because even me being a teenager myself, we're very, very negligent, I'd say, and we disregard what adults tell us. And we're teenagers; we can't help it. Yeah. But like, at the end of the day, you know, it's our life. We choose what we want to do with it. But we should really take into consideration what you're going into when you're doing these extreme drugs. Um, and think about what has happened for you to get those drugs. Some people who have more heart than others, I guess more empathy, will realize and just take a step back and think about what they're doing, right? 
and some people just won't care and that's the sad reality of it yeah. Yeah, it's like the same thing with, with porn people are getting the streets in the industry but people still watch it to get their satisfa satisfaction you know i mean i don't think that's the best comparison yeah i was gonna I say what a, what a strange comparison i know but it's like it's in the same interest uh, I, do, I do get what you mean though. and like, then there's nothing else i can really compare it to else like the comp that comes straight to mind because like they're both they're both ways to satisfy yourself but they both cause through that satisfaction you're getting you're still having people who are suffering from it mm -hmm. so um that's i think that's what we kind of wanted to tell you guys and we want to inform everyone that we do not contend the use of drugs. Me and drugs, may, me and Marcus may have different opinion on drugs. For example, I'm fine with legalizing marijuana in the US. I don't think Marcus is. I, I actually, I, I didn't answer, but like, I'm totally for legalizing oh, really? drugs. I just, I just wanted to see like why you thought so. Oh, okay. Um, so, because I thought the way you were yeah, the way me. I did, like my tone, yeah, I was your, like mm. your intention to me was like, oh, I didn't want to, and I'll say, oh, okay. So I maybe I assumed so too. Yeah, that's thought. that's on me. I I kind of picked up on that myself. I was like, why did I say like that? And he's gonna think I I, I don't want drugs to be legalized. Like, hey, I'm trying to smoke too. You feel me? <laughs> but um. <laughs> literally literally like if it becomes legalized all i'm saying is to take into account all the criminalization of drugs there's been what sorry let's just vibe for a moment that's a snippet of our new audio we're gonna add in our <laughs> in our next segment guys be excited bro i don't know new york anyway um yeah i was saying like if if it becomes legalized if you take into account like all the people who've been like criminalized for like drug possession or drug use like if it becomes legalized then these people who are in jail for it should not remain in jail and i i know this is not like an unheard opinion so i'm sure this will resonate with someone else but i just want to make sure that like the people who enforce this, they're careful that they don't forget to include these people who are already being like jailed for something that's going to become legal. That's just my thoughts. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think like when it comes to school as well and drugs, <laughs> like you'll see, like we go to Edward Murray. And you come to our school, don't be surprised if you see a few kids smoking around. It's, I think it's common in a lot of schools, you know, depending where you go to. Um, I, you know, I think moving on from drugs, I think school is a nice place to introduce something that's a bit more lax and a bit more calmed down from what we've been recently talking about. Yeah. Uh, tell me about your school experience, Marcus. Jesus Christ. Like my first experience? Yeah, tell me. I'm, I'm very, I'm very intrigued. All right. Um. So, I guess to understand my experience, I I have to tell you about how I got into Murrow because, um, the high school application process was not very nice to me. Uh, I did not get accepted into any high schools. 
in the first round of the application. Wait, Marcus, I'm sorry to stop you. Whoa. But yes. Do you, do you think your color was involved when it came to your application? You know, I, don't, I wonder. I don't know if I've if you've ever been questioned on this because you've told me like you that though it was a struggle getting to high school yeah. for you and it took a lot to get you in tomorrow. So I I just want your opinion. You know, I I think it's possible. Like I'm not gonna rule it out completely, and it'll make sense. Like once I start like once I start like getting into the story because um. <laughs> to bridge back into where I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no specialist high schools. I didn't get into any of those as well. And, like, one of my friends got a lower score than me and got into one of the specialized high schools. The, and I was just like, SH, logic. SHSAT? Yes. Okay. So I was like, okay, whatever. That doesn't make sense. So I had to uh, – it was a very stressful time because uh, everyone in my class, the day after, we all got our results – um, everyone was talking. They were like, oh, I got into Brooklyn Tech. I got into this school, this school, this school, this school. I'm just sitting in my chair, not saying a thing, looking sad as hell because I didn't get in anywhere. And there was no one in my class who also didn't get in anywhere. So I felt lonely. Yeah, like, isolated from the group. Yeah. And people would look at me and go, hey, where'd you go? And I was just like, eh, like I can't talk about I it. I got fuck all. <laughs> right. And then this one girl started a rumor that I had gotten into Stuyvesant. And oh, wow. see, she people, people came up to you and they were like, oh, no, no. She doesn't know. Uh, she was on the chess team and that's... Is she? Yeah. And that's how it got really bad because the chess team was so big and my middle school Bruh. but um she said i got into Stuyvesant, and that's why i wasn't saying anything because i didn't want to like like one up everybody or whatever and i was just like because if i said anything denying it then it would be as if like hey what the hell we didn't get into Stuyvesant. where are you hiding you know so it was just a very long very long like five months that's genius of, of people just going, oh, Stuyvesant, you went to Stuyvesant. And I was like, uh, yeah. Like, it was just painful because, you know, that's that's the bar that was set for me, like, even by other kids in the school. And that's, like, not even uh, including adults. I mean, I'm not surprised by that. Like, you're, very, you're a high achiever and you aim for the highest and you're a very motivated person. Like, I was just talking to Marcus about colleges as well. It's going slightly off topic here, but I, uh, we, we, we both discussed about um, where we're going. And uh, obviously, I, I'm sure people have like extremely high expectations of you, which you don't, I don't think you particularly enjoy having because no. maybe they expect you to go straight to Colombia and be like, oh, and I don't agree with that at all. But uh, we were just talking about how like, I, I think you should... Are you fine with me putting into the podcast? This, yeah, I, I, I told Marcus you should definitely consider applying to these schools because he has a very, very impressive resume and has a lot of characteristics and attributes in his personality that a college count, like a college, college, what was it? Was a dean of admission? Yeah, would be very impressed by. So, um, yeah, that, that's why I told Marcus when it came to regarding colleges. 
But back to the high yeah. school story. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, so months of pure pain, and I had to, of course, apply to the second round of the application. Well, second. What's the, what's the second round? Second round is just um, is just a bunch of schools that are still available, um, that aren't like completely full yet that you can still apply to. It's just was Mara available? Mara wasn't available, so um. I, I think um, Millennium High School, which is one of the schools I wanted to go to, I think it was still there. Manhattan, Brooklyn. Uh, br- uh, Brooklyn. The one in Park Slope, yeah. Just two blocks away. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Park- was- I don't know. Park Slope. <laughs> <laughs> Confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's what I was kind of aiming for. And then when I got back my round two results, I, I actually don't tell anyone about this, but. Um, I got into this uh, really, like, really poor high school in Bushwick. A- FDL? Oh, yeah, I saw Bushwick. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the, the problem with the school is that it was uh, one of those, like, really low-income schools that are underfunded, and they take in primarily uh, minorities who often don't get to prosper because they've been put in such a mediocre school. And I I was just like, what what am I gonna do? Like this this, this isn't gonna help me. And thank God, since I was on the chess team, I had a connect with Mr. Weiss, who's the chess coach of Murrow. And uh, I was working with him the whole time. He was like, oh that school's really bad actually. And I was like, yeah, I know. So I was like, what am I gonna do? He was like, appeal. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. So I appealed to Murrow, and I still didn't get in. So I swear, I swear on everything, I graduated, and I did not even know where I was going. Did, did he give up? Who, Weiss? Yeah. Me? No. I, I had to keep pushing because I was like, yo, if I don't keep fighting, like, what am I going to do? Like, go to this mediocre high school? Take, take a gap year for high school? Like, it, it, it was just like... For someone like me, who is quite the excelsior, is that the word? Someone who exceeds... Quite the scholar. Scholar. See? I, I know you don't want to call yourself that, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. You are a scholar. Continue. Thank you. But um, I, I felt like I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have been valued at a mediocre, uh, mediocre high school as such. And that's exactly where I think the race comes into play because I don't feel like, you know, if I was not a person of color, I'd be put into such a mediocre high school in such a, I hate to say like a poorer neighborhood for that matter. So um, what I had to do was I had to go to this welcome center and I don't know how to explain a welcome center. I should just take my word for this. And I met with this guy his name is Stanley Kamtave. I'll never forget it. I swear to God, I walked in with my dad, and he was like, okay, what's going on? I told him about like everything I've been going through. He was like, okay, where do you want to go? And I was like, word? Serious? And uh, he was like, yeah. I was like, uh, Edward R. Murrow High School. Just, I, I said it so fast, and he was like, okay, do you... Right, he was like, are you in contact with anyone there? And I was, I was just like... Weiss. Yeah. And he, he was like, okay, give me his number. I gave him the number. He got in contact with Weiss. 
We got in contact with uh, Weiss got in contact with Mr. Barge. We set up a meeting. I met with Barge and uh, he saw my grades and he was just like, okay, we have spots. So yeah, I got it, right? That's so dope. It's so fun. So I you was, must be so like grateful. Yeah, I was happy. I was happy. I was happy. And then the first day of school came. And um, when, when you come into Merrill on the first day of school, basically you have to like go. There's a bunch of teachers like inside of the hallways in front of a desk. And you just have to go to one and they'll tell you like what your SCS is, or just like your, your homeroom. Basically. Yeah, yeah. So I walked up to this one lady. And I was like, okay, uh, I told her my name and I had a triple zero SCS, which is zero, zero, zero. So basically that meant I had no SCS. So did you just vibe with like the, 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 the gods? I literally had to, I was inside of, do you know Mr. Williams? Yeah. I was inside of his office for like two hours, just standing around. Really? Yeah, because they it was like a couple kids, like a good like ten other kids who also had triple zero SCSs. Basically, what happened is while we were standing in there, I guess they were trying to figure something out with guidance counselors, because they made us eventually line up around the guidance suite, and then they just randomly assigned us to guidance counselors, and they formed a schedule for us like right there on the first day, and it was so weird because when I got my schedule. I strung everything. I had three classes and I was in the, by the time I got my schedule, I was in the second class of the day. And there's normally like nine classes because you go through all of the classes on the first day. I think nine, eight or nine. And um, I was like, okay, why do I have so many missing spaces? And my guy and stuff was like, um, oh, you'll, you'll get the full schedule tomorrow or something. So I didn't have an SCS. Since I didn't have an SCS, I didn't have a school metro card. I didn't have an ID. Uh, I had no friends in the building, and um, I pretty much had no schedule. And whenever I went to a class, I wasn't on any of the attendance sheets. So you had like a fake schedule, Omar? Yeah, pretty much. It was just made up. So I'm just curious. When's the gap? So you're way past the application process, like when you actually go on tomorrow. Right, and that's exactly why. So when was the gap between you going tomorrow and the and like how how like many weeks round? no no what i'm saying is when you actually go on tomorrow mm-hmm. how many weeks was it between you getting tomorrow and then you going to school oh okay, okay. Or um, how many days geez, it was are you I saying four know, weeks? How many weeks not four weeks because it was less no it was more it was more way more because i got in on 7-eleven and the first day of school is like the fifth of September that year, so just under two oh, months. Oh, so you go on the eleventh of July? Yeah. Okay, I got confused because British dates is a uh, number. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was I was thinking the November seventh, yeah. but um, Joe, that's dope. We continue that. I, you know, I know you're not finished. It, it was crazy because I, <laughs> I just really felt like I didn't belong. Because I had no schedule. All these teachers were like, hey, what are you doing in my class? Like, you're not on the attendance sheet. And I was like, okay, look, I'm supposed to be here. Just let me rock. So for the first uh, two days of school, I was not in the attendance sheets. I didn't have an ID. So whenever I go to, like, the cafeteria or something like that, they'd just be like, yo, who are you? I'm just like, look, 
I, I, I don't know what you want me to do. They haven't given me an ID. Like, it's not even my fault. And uh, when I was trying to go home, thankfully, uh, one of the kids from the chess team that I know, he opened the door for me. But otherwise, I would have had no ride. Like, it was just such a chaotic first week. I, I didn't get any of like the stuff I was missing until the Tuesday of next week. So I, I went like four days of school without really having an identity. And it was so... It was so bad. But thankfully, I made a couple of friends in the time. So, when did you get everything? Um, so the first day of school was on Thursday. I got it on like midday on the Tuesday. Oh, so you got everything later. Yeah, and it was just so disorganized. Fun experience. Uh, ten out of ten. Would never do again. Yeah, <laughs> but at least on the bright side, you. Got to school. I mean, it wasn't the greatest way of getting to school, but oh, I forgot one thing. I hope I'm not taking up all the time. But uh, the funnier thing was on, on the first day of school, I went home, I took a nap because I was burnt out. I woke up to my mom yelling at me, going, "Why weren't you in school today?" Oh, and they didn't take your attendance because exactly. Oh shit! So I was like, "What?" I was like, there's no way I went. And I live so far from Murrow. I was like, there's no way I woke up yeah. this early, went to school, and you're telling me I didn't go to school. Like, I was I was so angry. And the only reason why she got that call that I wasn't in school is because I wasn't on any of the attendance sheets, which is just absolutely nuts. Like, she was getting the same call for a couple days. And I was just like, I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> like, I'm in school. I am I have nowhere else to go during the day. So they must, you must have been mad tight. I was so angry, but you know things got significantly better. Yeah, he, Marcus is. If if you guys don't know, despite the pandemic, Marcus is thriving. He he's been he's been thriving. President of NHS. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm not gonna take all the time here. You, you better tell us about your. your Bro, mine was crazy. Like I'm not gonna lie to you, because I, so I draw. I came to the United States in sophomore year. Application was a pain in the ass because I came. I I went. I, I went to um, I went to a private school. Yes, privilege. I was like the the only. I was like I say in my year there's like three, four, five brown people. So I was one of the five brown people out of the ninety kids in my year group or class. A majority of them were white. So I came to the U.S. around 2018 July. Actually, July July 15th, as I remember it. I remember that day. I don't know why. So. I've been here for two years. So I came and then I came 2018 March. We, my mom spoke to Brooklyn Tech and they're like, we can get your son a place, just make him do SH, SAT, so on and so forth. So I went and I did the SH, SAT. I did the practice book and I don't want to flex, but I did, it was light work because it was like this, like, I was like, I was like American school, easy. <laughs> <laughs> This is nothing compared to the British system. Okay. So I I did it. I did the practice test. And I came to the US. I was like, I'm going to just do this test get done over with. These bums didn't let me do the test. And I was like, um, okay. <laughs> and the thing is, bro, I was applying to high school in August. Oh. There was, there was a two-week period between for me getting into tomorrow and going to school. So let's just start. Describe it. I went to Brooklyn Tech. I then when you go downstairs like to the basement bit, there's like a that's the welcome center. Yeah. So I went to the welcome center. I sat there for like 
two, three hours Draper. And I was with all these, like I was seeing all new different types of cultures and races from the rest of my entire life, bro. I've never met a Colombian person in my life when I moved from, when I was in England. They didn't exist. Because I didn't even know like Uzbekistan. I didn't know what that bro, was until I came to America. Exactly. And like, you know, it's a great thing to be able to get stimulated with these cultures yeah. because in England, there's not a large Hispanic Latino population. If you do find people who um, have some kind of Spanish origin, it's from predominantly Spain. So I came to there and I was like, I have no idea like what's going on. So I go in there, we speak, so on and so forth. And um, the college counselor was, was an elderly lady. She was very, very sweet. Um, she took very, like, she was very weirdly nice towards me and took a deep interest into my accent and origin, which is, like, not the first time that's, like, happened in school. So... When I first came, she was like, oh, you have such a beautiful voice. And wow. You, and I was like, wow, okay, thank you. And I, I wasn't used to being complimented like that before. So it was very weird to me. So I, I came right and um, I, they're speaking to her. And it's like, okay, we're going to make you speak to this guy. Go speak to this guy. I was like, I've got this really great school for you. I call it like FDR. Or like, and that's what you sound like. That's not me trying to do an American accent. You just sound like this like there. So... And I was like, oh, FDR, Franklin De Roosevelt, must be a banger, <laughs> must be amazing. Little did you know. Bro, I spoke to people after that. Shit, <laughs> crap. If you go to the FDR, I'm sorry, bro. It's trash, <laughs> it's so bad. And I was like, okay, I, I don't want to do this. So by that time, specialized high school is just out of the option, you know? And I was I heard about uh, Stuyvesant and stuff like that because I was a high academic achiever in my school. So I was like, you know what? Let me go apply to these top high schools. Yeah. Um, we may need to do like an extra five minute segment after this so, so I can finish it. But um, because I, this segment's about to end. But what? So I was speaking to them and they're like, okay, we have this school called Edward R. Murray. You can go check it out. So we're like, bet because we didn't want me to go. To, I didn't want to go to the school called FDR. And at that time, I was really interested not only in the academic program, screw the motorbikes, but also their like sports program because soccer or football, what we call it in England, is big. And I wasn't amazing at football in England because like compared to people in England and here, it's like the, the, the disparity is huge. So I was like, you know what? I'll automatically get into the football teams here. And Mara didn't have one. So I was put off by that. Uh, Mara's opportunities when it comes to sports is actually very limited. And it's, sure. it sucks. But if, you, if you're a music art student, Mara's the one. Um, it, it's really good. And I know people like probably consider it as like LaGuardia reject school or something like that. But, uh, I've heard it, that. Yeah, no, it, it's good though. Um, this segment's just going to about to end. So I'm going to end this. Thank you for listening in. I'll add my bit. I think probably I'll just add another. You know what? I'll add it in the next bit of this podcast. Okay, so I'll probably have another ten minutes, longer than usual, but um, I, I kind of want to finish my story and yeah. uh, we'll wrap it up. All right, see you guys in the next segment. Back in the next segment, um, keep, gonna keep it short. We're going a bit over time here, you know, because I I, I kind of want to finish my story. I just don't want to leave it at that. Um, 
so yeah when it came to the getting tomorrow bit that wasn't a lot of work went to the school looked like a prison like most high schools do it's just the fact that when you're going from like such a nice have have i shown you my school before marcus i i think so okay i'll show you a picture after so i was like looking at my school and then you know expecting that to be the same but like Again, I've had no exposure to New York public high schools until I went to Brooklyn Tech. And then I said, what is this? <laughs> it was trash. And um, no disrespect to Brooklyn Tech, but they have an ugly school. Like their school is just hideous to look at. Like it annoys me looking at that school. And um, same thing with Mara. I don't think it annoys me as much looking at Mara. I'm just used to it now. But like Mara wasn't pleasing on the eye. So obviously I was off put, but it seemed decent. When I walked in, I felt good energy from there. I was like, I'm going to go to the school. I know it. And, um, you know, I walked in. I was with my dad. I remember wearing Ramaji top and jeans. Sat down there while I waited. Met, saw a bunch of other American kids. I thought, I don't know. This, I had this weird feeling of like Amer- Americans were so strange to me. You know? Why? I don't know. They just had this weird, strange vibe to it. And it was just such a foreign... Like, me and my English friends have discussed this, you know? Because I don't feel that at all anymore. It was probably the first few months, and then I got used to it. But when I first came here, Americans just felt... It felt like they had no idea what was going on to me. And obviously, that is very disrespectful. But that's... I'm going to be honest with you. That's, That's what I thought. And I mean, to an extent, like, yeah, a lot of people I know, well, I wouldn't say a lot of people I know, but in general, I don't think a lot of Americans are completely aware of what's going on in the world right now. You know, it's like some Americans do actually live under a rock. But um, anyway, back to where I was at. So I, I'm, I'm done waiting. Mr. Williams calls me. I go sit there, speak to um, another girl. Uh, a brown girl. I don't know where she's from. Um, I'm not going to see him either. We just talk about school and stuff. Said I was from London. Oh, she said, oh, that's really cool. We just talked about it. And we had an interesting conversation. And we said good luck to each other. Uh, I don't recall if she got on tomorrow. But she did an interview. I watched her. I looked at my dad. I was like, dad, I've got this. Come on. Like, I'm not going to mess this up. And um, I walk in. Mr. Williams looks at me, I greet him, give a, give a good old nice handshake, and um, we just talk. And I think once I said I was from London, bada bing, bada boom, one thing led to another. Do you play music? Oh, you play music. How long? Oh, this many years, a guitar. Are you interested in the music? Or no? Oh, you're not interested in the music. Or no? You know what? That's fine. Let's look at your great. Oh, yeah. So. I kind of knew I'd go on tomorrow. It's not good to assume things like that. I'm not going to do the same thing with college, don't worry. But it's just like I met him. I knew that, like, like, I knew that it was very uncommon for an English person at this age to come to New York because you're do- doing this time is a very important time in England because you're doing a very, like, you're doing these really important exams. So no one would ever think about leaving. But I left. And it's very rare for, like, an Englishman just to leave and go. You know, like it, I, I don't know many po- people from England who left during the teenage uh, years. Obviously, it happened, but 
it's not common. So right. I, I joined Mara. I went, I went to school. Ah, uh, first day, <laughs> the Bronx. <laughs> we don't need to go into that. I took the wrong train. But, oh, yeah, so my guidance counselor called me the day before. And he's like, okay, what classes do you want to take? And, like, in England, they just give you the classes set out already. So I said, I'm in top set for English, top set for math, top set for thing. And, like, there was, like, five different sets for each class. They don't have that, Mara. Right. In American schools, like, honors or regular or AP. And I didn't really understand that. I was like, he was like, okay, so what class do you do? What English class do you do? He's like, oh, I did English. It's called English. In English. <laughs> I was like, but I was in top set for English. And what about math? I was like, top set for math, top set for math. Science, top set, top set. Top set. So, okay, I'm going to put you in chemistry. I'm going to put you in this and I'm going to put you in that. And I was like, what about history? I was like, oh, I was a very good history student. I'm going to put you in global. Eh? <laughs> What's that? So, long be old. Go to school, um, late. Walk around the school. Uh, it's empty because I was late. Uh, actually, I was late a lot of days to school. Had my regular. Uh, I I I I milked the shit out of my one excuse. I'm new to the country. I'm really struggling. Can you just give me? You know, I used to come late to B band. I had an A band class. How do you do that? Up. Uh, I'm not gonna go into explaining what the system like is in Mara because it is it is so much different. Boggling. Yes, it, it's it's mad work. Maybe a, another segment, but I I walk into the class, Spanish class. Tell them from London, and they're intrigued, like, "Oh, wow, you're from England," and so on and so forth. Spoke to your teacher. Teacher was a great guy, Mr. Thompson, but like, it was that one. It was um. It was a Spanish one, so I don't know what Spanish one meant. I was like, bet top set Spanish. I have no idea how to speak Spanish. I'm going to do well. Nope. It was like, how do you count to 10 in Spanish? Uno is, you guessed it, one. <laughs> like, I was like, what is this education? Um, next class, went to the wrong classroom. Had history, went to all global, went into forensic science. Um other classes uh i went up to i got made fun of not because of my accent surprisingly but my zipper was undone while i was sitting in the hallway and just being sad i was kind of depressed to think about now and embarrassing i'd slap myself if i saw myself do that in, in the hallway bro now if i walk in the hallway bro like i know what i'm doing like I, i'm not walking around like a bum um then i, I kind of cried a few times just because i missed my friends and i felt alone and i didn't know what to do I just felt so isolated and such like, and it was 4,000 kids in a 2000, 2000 capacity building. But I still, I felt so, so alone because it was just like, no, I, there was no one here like me. And I asked if there's any other British kids. I, I had, he's like, no, you're the only one, you know? And it was just like, I just, I just had this like quest. And I, I was like, I romanticized how, I'd meet all these English friends in New York and have an English group here and I would never have to worry about meeting any Americans and becoming friends with them because I, I still just, I wasn't up to the facts of like, I didn't, I still look down upon Americans, you know? So, um, I was, yeah, it was sad. I just, that whole day in Opta, I was just scrolling through the memories and just seeing how 
my friends were having fun and I was stuck in this um, prison of a school. Well, that's why I fell back then. And uh, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I spoke to my dad. I was like, dad, I think I'm in a school full of slower children. <laughs> and then uh, my dad's like, don't be rude. Give it another chance next day. I, I don't know if I told you, Marcus. Marcus, for three months, I complained about moving back to England. Three, three four, five months. I, I begged. I literally begged him. I used to get on my knees and I begged my mom, send me back. Let me board to school. I can't bear this. I, was, I, I literally found torture being in school here because I felt so alone. I felt really alone. So I, 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 just, I felt like I don't fit here. This is not my place for me to be. But um, next day, I think next, I think me walking to my global class was the biggest thing that happened to me. Cause that's when I started like meeting people. I didn't actually meet anyone there, but um, I met people who became bigger in my life as we go on yeah. the chapters. Uh, but I, the next day, same Spanish. I I I just I couldn't fathom how slow the kids were in that class, um, and it wasn't a sped class or anything. Just the kids there just like didn't care, and it's like. I was like, I don't sound. I was like, bro, why don't you just get this done and over with it? And they just sat there. It was like, it's a waste of my time. I I didn't even bother. I, I got the work done. Like I did all the homework for like half, like for like uh, quite a bit of the semester. Like done like in three four days, because like he gave us like a huge booklet with a bunch of work from the future. Yeah, yeah. So I did a lot of it. Next day, I was so this is the big part. This was a big moment for me. So I I. I mean, it's not that big, but I think I don't think I would have been able to meet you and everyone else if it, this didn't happen. So I walked to the global class. I think global is a class where, like, we like the people we knew were in my global class. Yeah. Like Zion, um, you know Muhammad, Muhammad. Which one? <laughs> oh, um, Ali. Ajaz. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a bunch of heads in that class. I like we all know April, right. Ariel. Like there's there was a bunch of people. Um, welcome to the podcast if you're listening in. Um, so I walk into the class and um, I'm just like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna tell them I'm from England because I didn't do that for the rest of my other classes. I only did it for one class, and I just I didn't really want to feel like, oh my god, he's from England, blah blah blah, because the 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 school advisor told me that would happen. Um, I walked in and then I told her, hi, I'm from England, can you just give me a bit of help? You know? And and then she was like, you're from London? I'm like, <laughs> I was like, shit, bro. Uh, so just looked across everyone, was like, was staring at me. I felt uncomfortable. I was like, oh, no, what's this going to lead to? I was like, you know, uh, on the brighter side, though, I was like, this could be a way for me to make friends. Um, funny enough, uh, first time at my girlfriend, I don't know if I was going to, I'm not going to go into detail of that, but uh, that developed on later in my life. But um, I, I walk in, I, I sit in the corner of the room because I just don't want to be near anyone. And I still condescended. Yeah. Where I was like treating them like animals, not animals, that's rude. I just treat them as like lower subordinates. And that's not a good thing. I don't take pride in it at all, but I'm just, Giving you full context of the story. Yeah, yeah. So she has a map of Europe. And, you know, I'm just like, oh, okay, nice. Let's see what's going on here. I, wanted to, I was like, 
quick tester. Let's 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 see how smart Americans are. And I was in an honors class for history. So she asks, where is England? I was like, come on guys, you got this. <laughs> so first of all, I didn't see enough hands up. I was like, oh, all right, then you know, maybe kids aren't too don't want to participate. Someone keeps his hand up. Confidence. I was like, you got it, man. <laughs> Points at Germany. I freaking slapped my forehead. I was like, oh, bloody. <laughs> I'm in a school full of bloody idiots. I was like, what have I done to myself? Why have I come to this country? I was like, just to pull me already. And I was like, and I was like, okay, surely can't get worse than this. Because I didn't take into account that geography is not something that's really taught here. Right, yeah. And then I, I had to put my hand up and I said, that's where bloody England is. And then next um, next thing, I, I see this girl behind up. I'm not going to expose her. If she listens to that podcast, bro, I'm sorry, but this shit was mad dumb. Put, puts her hand up and she's like, um, isn't Africa a country? <laughs> there and there. I was like, I need to go. Jesus Christ. I was so disappointed with what I heard. I was in shock. I couldn't be, I, it, it was like, it was like reliving Trump getting elected again. I'm joking. That's that, I'm dragging, I'm dragging, Dude. I'm dragging it. But I was like, surely you can't be this dumb. Like, how do you not know this? And this was an honors class. I was in shock, you know? And there and then I knew I wouldn't make friends and I would, I thought I was like, I was like levels beyond them on intelligence. I thought they were just all idiots. Obviously not true now. Uh, there are a lot of smart people in that class. Um, I, I didn't mad good in history, but that's because I already knew like a lot of the things they taught. But, um, yeah, it was just like I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. And then I think, uh, I think after only one person approached me after class, uh, and um, she was she was nice. She's helping me around. Uh, my actually, my first friend with school was Zion. Like she became my first friend. Yeah. I mean, she hated. I knew she hated me because I used to annoy her so much. I I used to, I used to just piss her off because I I didn't know what to do. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna annoy. Her. I'm gonna annoy her and just try and piss her off because I got, I I didn't know what to say, you know. I got into an argument with the teacher. I was like, so I met this Pakistani boy, and I said he's I I kept he kept saying he's from America, but I said no, you're you're from Pakistan. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, and the thing about like England is when you ask someone where they're from, they're not saying, "Oh, I'm I'm from England." Thus, oh yeah, they won't say I'm from England. They'll be like, "I'm from here, from yeah. there." I went up to this Pakistani lad. I was like, "You're from Pakistan?" He's like, "No, I'm from I'm from America, dude." <laughs> and it was just like, "Well, yeah, I I don't understand." And the teacher had to explain to me, and I was getting some weird looks from the entire class. The like, guys, I was in like, everyone's looking at me like, who is this kid? Is he a conservative? No, no, 
or jokes aside, she explained to me and I, I didn't really understand still. I was like, oh, I mean, why do, why do okay. Yeah. He's American, but like, he's a Pakistani and it's like, well, why is he not saying he's from Pakistan? Obviously I've learned, obviously I've learned over time what it means to be an American and you can identify yourself as an American, but I don't know the whole concept to me didn't really occur to me naturally. It took me a while to really comprehend. Um, I'm not going to drag on too much because I've been talking about myself for like 17 minutes while Mark is speaking. But yeah, that was my story. You know, I think maybe in other podcasts we can discuss it. But I'll, I think I'm going to end it here, guys. I yeah. hope you enjoyed um, the process. Maybe you can do a continuation of what school was like after the first couple of months for us. Yeah, let us let yeah. us know. Let us know if you're interested. Um, mine was pretty interesting. I, I could probably say it's from the markets is probably interesting as well. Mine was pretty interesting. I'll say that. So, um, thank you all of you for listening. Uh, we love you all. Mm-hmm. We're all a homosexual here, but we're also open to any other sexuality. We're the most welcoming podcast on the planet. <laughs> Don't look that up. Yeah, bro. We actually we welcome everyone, and you know, um, if you're interested in joining us or being part of the podcast while we're developing please let me know yeah. we, we will take into consideration and uh, we'll see what you have to offer and don't be afraid to be out there uh, i hope you enjoyed what you heard today i hope you enjoyed the podcast and keep jamming boys yes, and girls sir. peace out